All right, I'm still having my voice uh, uh, a little bit different, but it's okay. Robert likes it. That's that's important. So uh, there's at least one person that likes it. That's good. All right. So today is a special day. Amen. And it is a. You know, a doubly special day for me. Can you come up front here, please? Uh, I wanted to say that myself and my wonderful wife uh, are having a 10-year anniversary today. Uh, hallelujah. Thank you. So the reason we, we uh, you know, doing this, um, I know she's nervous. Are you? Okay, she's nervous. I'm not nervous. I'm only nervous because she's nervous, but anyway. So, we just wanted to give God, God the glory, you know? It's, um, I think it's been the best 10 years of my life. Um, and I just want to say a few things, and then I'll let her say a few things. Uh, but if I wouldn't control myself, I would just talk. But what I want to say is that, you know, we're not doing this to, to show off. Trust me, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that we could, you know, take and show off and, and say, oh, look at this and look at that and, and stuff like that, but come closer to me, please. <laughs> Stand like we don't know each other. So, um, so we just want to give God glory, you know, because there's so many things in our life, so many, so many things that has happened in, in 10 years. I'll, I'm standing before God here and saying that there is not an area of our life that God hasn't touched, that God hasn't blessed, that God hasn't changed. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, everything, right? I mean, I, I could say that we have everything. And it's, and you know, I'm not talking about like, you know, living in a palace. Uh, you know, we don't. I mean, we live in Everett. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I do feel like a king, I'll be honest, and... One thing that I want to say is that, you know, what makes king a king, like in the Bible, if you read it, then, you know, it's really a crown, right? I mean, it's a crown that makes, makes a king king, and I do have my crown. This is my wife, and I want to say that uh, without, without, this, without this woman, uh, lady, girl, um, I can say that my life wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be anywhere near what it is, and, you know, God, God has blessed me, but when you have someone who is, who loves God as much as she does and who follows God as much as she does and who's standing up for God as much as she does, everything is just hundredfold. It's, it's really like every single blessing that comes into life is hundredfold. And I can say, I can say confidently that, you know, my, my spiritual state and my spiritual growth and, and even other areas, you know, like uh, simple things, practical stuff in life, I'm, I'm way more efficient, and uh, I know because of her and kids, I make more money, you know. <laughs> there is a lot of things that, that God has blessed us with and blessed me personally. And I just wanted to, you know, bring this up as a testimony. Not, it's really, I know we could not do this. I know no man could do this. It's God, only God could do it. And you know, there's just so much, so much, so much, so much to be thankful for. And, you know, I have... I have a job, I have ministry, I have you guys, I have one wife, you know, three kids and counting, and, you know, there's so much that we have, 
So, I'm, no, no, we're not pregnant. <laughs> stop, stop right there. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just wanted to give God the glory, and now I'll let you talk. Praise God. I also want to f- take a few minutes. Um, so I just want to, the only, exactly like Ramil said, the only reason why we're standing here, not just to brag, actually to brag about our God. I, I want to thank him, and that is the only reason why I'm standing here. And uh, so I'm, I'm just forever grateful to him that he found me 17 years ago, accepted Christ, and became a Christian. And, and ever since then, I started following God, and those years were the most blessed for me. And why I'm starting to say that, because um, coming from the world, right, um, I haven't seen, well, I haven't seen, like, good families or good marriages, successful marriages that would, you know, be happy. And I don't know, maybe they exist in the world, but I don't really believe in them. Unless you have a God as your foundation, I don't believe in good marriages. So I came to God. 17 years ago, and I was having this conversation with him. God, I promise you, I'm going to serve you all my life. I don't want to get married. I do not want to get married. And I was convincing him. I, I'm honest to God. I'm, I was convincing, convincing him that I'm okay alone. You know, I will be going to mission, mission trips and doing all kinds of stuff for you. But uh, just not that area. You know, just I want to be yours. And I'm so happy that God proved me wrong, <laughs> that he had a great plan for me. And I met Ramil 10 years ago, and I said yes to him, the most, you know, wonderful person for me. And, um, and I'm so happy that before that, and forever thankful to Jima and Allah for receiving, and Pastor and Tanya for receiving this revelation of, they preached, and uh, I know it was not easy, but they continuously preached and believed that God has a, specific like one um, person for you that will help you to go through life and uh, achieve your destiny you know with God because God has a calling for each one of us and I'm so thankful that out of I don't know so many people he handpicked one exactly one and and I I said that when I started warming up to the idea that maybe one day I will get married um, I said, okay, God, if not, if not, I'm, if I'm not gonna be single, then I wanna be married to one that will continuously pushing us forward. You know, I wanna, um, I wanna fulfill your wishes, fulfill your desires. And I know with the wrong person, if I would make that wrong decision 10 years ago and would marry someone else, I would not be where I am today. And I, yes, praise God that He's there, but, if we're not listening to his voice and if we're not obeying and, um, you know, not choosing the right person, it's, it's either going up or down. There is no other way. Like, I, I wish I could say something else, but I'm sure every one of you who is married, they can say exactly, you know. Like, we are so blessed to have, you know, families that we have in our, in our church, in our youth. And it's just, it's because of God's grace and mercy. So, what, what, the last thing I want to say, guys, is... Um, if there is, you know, what can I wish you is to find that soulmate that will love the Lord more than will love you, and you will be the happiest person ever. Yeah. 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 Right. So, and we, we also want, what we also want to do is, 
you know, on this day, because it's a, you know, it's a marriage anniversary, I also want to pray for the families of, of, of youth, I mean, like the marriages of youth and the marriages um, in, our, in our church and future marriages here, because and I told, you know, we always talk about this, but I feel like after meeting the Lord, the next thing, the next most important thing in your life is, is meeting your spouse or, you know, at the right time, the right person who God picked for you because that, you know, breaks or makes your life. Um, there's just, I mean, I, there's a, really, there's no other way. And so let's, you guys want to stand up? We'll just pray for that together. Just bless every current existing marriage and, and every future marriage. God, we come to you, Lord, today, God, and we bring up our families, God, families of this youth, God, and families of our church, Lord. God, we ask you to cover them with your protection, God. Surround them, God, with your presence, Lord. Please enter those families, God. Be dwell, God, dwell in those families, in every single one of them, God, so that husband and wife separately would seek you, God, would seek you, and they would find you in their, in, the, in their prayer closets, God, so that they would find you in the Bible, God, so that they would find you in following you, God, so that they would set you as number one, God, so that they would set you as number one and way above their, their husband and their wife, Lord, so that they would set you above the children, they would set you above, above the household, above the houses and everything else and the jobs, God, so they would, they would separate themselves for you, God. So they would separate themselves for you, God. We ask you, Lord, to bless every single husband and every single wife, God. And bless every single marriage, God. Anoint them. Anoint them to conquer, to conquer the darkness, God. To overcome the darkness. To step into the darkness. To bring light there, God. Because we know that devil tries to destroy families right now. But we resist him in the spirit in the name of Jesus right now. And we step out for the families. God, protect the family. Save them from the wicked one, God. Save them from the evil one, God. Save them from wicked, God. Please, in the name of Jesus. And we just anoint them by the blood of Jesus. We just proclaim blood of Jesus over them and on their destinies and on their souls and, and, and lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, God. And we also bring up future marriages to you, God. And we bring up the single people, God, in our, in our youth. And those, are the, those that will be in our youth, and those that are there in church, God, will bring out the singles to you, God. Lord, stir up their hearts that they would seek for the answer from you, Lord. So that they would first fall in love with you, God, so that then they, would, could, they could see the one that they need to fall in love with, God. Father, I ask you, Lord, Lord please help their hearts to stay pure. Please help their hearts to stay steady, God. And for them to stay faithful to you, Lord, through all this time, God, through the time of waiting, through the time of anticipation, God, through not knowing, uncertainty, God, help them. Be with them, God. Be in their heart. Fill them, God. Speak to them in the name of Jesus. And we also proclaim the blood of Jesus over them. And God, we also proclaim the blood of Jesus on the children of this youth and church, Lord. Because, God, they're growing up so fast, Lord. We're so fast. Father, we ask you now, you, the, the, the husbands and wives that you have for them, God, prepare them already, God. Prepare them already and prepare our kids, God, so that they will grow up, God, first attached to you, God, so that they will cling to you, God, so that they would not, they would not go astray, God. They would not go left or right, God, from you, but they would go straight to you, Lord, so that they would stay on the narrow path. In the name of Jesus, we proclaim the blood of Jesus over our children as well. And God, we believe that you answer our prayers. God, we believe that something is moving in the spiritual realm, God, when we pray. And God, we accept the answer by faith already, God, because we know you're a good God and you give us good things. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 And...
And another thing is after this, you don't leave early because we have something for you. Uh, just a little, you know, little thing to celebrate again. Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna enjoy watching you guys eat all that good stuff. Okay. So, uh, so I also have the privilege of preaching tonight, and you know, it's probably gonna be shorter than usual, and it's okay. Uh, it, it's not necessarily a good thing, whoever got excited, uh, but um, it's shorter than usual, and I'll tell you this, you know, God, God decides how he wants to do things, right? Guys, let's focus. God, God decides how he wants to do things, and, and I believe that this is what he wanted um, us to talk about today and think about today and, and, and kind of, you know, stir up in our spirits so that we could pray for that and about that and bring it up to him. Um, and what I want to talk about is, anybody wants to guess? No. <laughs> I knew that would be the obvious first choice. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's almost, but not really. I want to talk about, about what? Giving glory to God. Well, yeah, we always talk about that. Politics? No. No. That's one thing I do not want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about covenants. I want to talk about covenants. And the reason why is, you know, Marina and I, uh, we kind of, uh, you, know, we, you know, she knows I'm going to be talking about this, and, and, or maybe she doesn't know. I didn't get a disclaimer for her and a waiver, but... Um, She's okay. You know, I won't say that we, you know, we stand here today and, you know, we're dressed up nicely and then we have, you know, have something else after the, after the service and we give a testimony to God and everything. Um, my question is, do you guys think it's that way every single day? Like out of the, you know, 3,600 days that we had, was it like that every single day? No. Okay. <laughs> it, it was, you were... It was not the easiest at times. Very often we didn't know where we were going, what we were doing. One thing that we were keeping to, that we could hold on to, is, you know, we knew that God has put us together. That was for sure in our life. We knew that we gave up our lives to God, and we knew that the situations we were being, you know, not even necessarily against each other, but just where we would end up, the tough situation we would end up in. It was, you know, we knew that, you know, we made a covenant with God, and we made a covenant with each other. So we knew that what's happening uh, is, is coming from God. You know, it's, it's, it's something that we need to go through. It's something that we, you know, there's no backing away from that. But the, the, the truth is, it wasn't always easy. It's, you know, probably, you know, tomorrow or Sunday and the day after that, we're going to go, and we're going to have the same, you know, things working on, you know, like, having patience with kids and, and, and reading the Bible and praying and working on our characters and figuring out what God wants us to do, where he wants us to be, what he wants us to give up, why we're not getting, you know, healing, why are we not getting this, why this broke, why this happened, why our you know, parents are not getting saved, why our brothers are not getting saved. It's going to, you know, it's not, it's not always, you know, just the dessert that you have in life. Um, in fact, you never have just the dessert in life. 
Um, there's, you know, there's, there's food you have to eat that actually nourishes your body. I mean, there's, there are things you have to do. I mean, to stand on a mountaintop to enjoy a beautiful view, you always have, you always have to climb the mountain. And, and, you know, it's easily, easily said, like a lot of things in life, um, they're very easily said, but they're, you know, they're really hard to do. And marriage is one of the same things. Covenant with God is number one thing um, that is like that. You know, it's, it's very easy to say to God, I'm going to do this and that and that. And you know, it's very easy to say, I'm going to pray in the morning before everything else. And then your alarm clock sounds and you feel like, you're like, who was it who was given that promise? What entered me that was given that promise, right? And it's like, okay. Well, maybe it was still me, so I'm going to try to go to bed at 10, and, and so I can wake up early. And then you go to bed at 10, and you're like, why, why am I, you know, staying, you know, I could be doing this and that and that. And then you, you know, there's so many things that are always against you, always opposing you, and that's how it's always going to be in this world, no matter what we do. Yeah. But one example of a covenant that I'll admit God surprised me with, I uh, is is in Genesis 15, I believe it is. I'm pretty sure, actually. Um, yes, it is Genesis 15. And I'm always, almost going to read the whole the whole chapter. So you're going to exercise your patience and attention. It's a pretty short chapter, so let's read the whole thing. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram. In a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram, is it Abram or Abram? Abram? Okay, I was doing it right. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram said, Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one in, uh, one in my house is born. One born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall be your descendants. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of the earth Chaldeans, of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I own, how shall I, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them into in two, down the middle, and placed each piece opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in the land that is not theirs, 
and will serve them, and they will afflict them four hundred years. And also the nation whom they serve I will judge. They shall come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a, goal, at a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they, will, they shall return here for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch passed between the, those pieces. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt and the great to the great river, the river of Euphrates, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenesites, the Kadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. That was the hardest piece. So, do you guys notice something here? Like I got, got. I mean, I read through this pretty quick. One thing, one one hint. Well, maybe I won't give that to you. So. I want to go through what actually happened here. There's a number of things, but if you look how it starts, how the whole covenant is made, it's kind of like something that happened probably like in a day, you know, maybe a few hours from what it looks like, you know, a short period of time. But a lot of times in the Bible, you can look at something and you can see how it easily stretches out into periods of life. You can see something that happened in, in a few years, and then you can stretch it out to thousands of years, and then... You know, same in one hour, you can stretch it out to, you know, to a whole uh, life, you know, life, life period. And this is what I see here. This is what God showed me here. First, God promised Abraham a son and, count, and countless descendants. And watch that he promised him that, but there was no covenant yet. Then the Lord promised him land as well. He said, your descendants will inherit that land. You will be able to come into the land and we know that there was hundreds of years before that happened. But what happens next is very interesting. So there is like an introduction of what God talks about, what will happen, what this covenant will be about, what this promise is about, what this, you know, what Abraham's life is about. And technically it was Abram, not Abraham. But, um, but look what happens next, is that Abraham has to take, he has to make a sacrifice, Right? has to bring, I mean, there is, a, there is blood that was shed there. So it wasn't that he could sign somewhere. It wasn't that he could say, you know, like sometimes I did, you know, remove the shoe and give a shoe. Or, you know, there's nothing simple. I mean, there's, there's, there's blood that has to be shed. Somebody had to be killed. And, and what's even more interesting is that he does it. I mean, can you just guys, like, I, I, I like doing that, but just, just close your eyes for a second, please. Just close your eyes and imagine this. You're talking to God, and then, you know, it's all so nice. You get a promise, and, you know, maybe it's sunny and nice, or, you know, you don't know. But imagine it's a nice place. And then God says, you know, I'm going to give the land to you and the inheritance to you. And you're going to get, you know, many, many descendants. Uh, and then you have to, you know, then there's bloodshed. You know, out of nowhere, you bring, you bring those animals, and you have to kill them and slice them in half and, you know, put them one opposite the other. And, you know, that, that picture, where, you know, why, why blood? Why do you need blood here? Just, just imagine this picture. God is making you a promise, and 
Now you have to kill those animals, split them in half, put them opposite each other. You can open your eyes and, and think about this now. He's standing there. God is talking to him. There's these animals. I mean, I don't know about you. I'll tell you this. I like chicken breast, okay? People know that. Awesome, Emily. That's, that's awesome. And one more guy. So there's not a lot of us, but, you know, I like chicken breast for one sake. It's very, very clean. There's not a lot of stuff, you know. So for me, like, cutting animals is not the funnest thing, especially if you cut them in half. I don't know how he cut them, like, like this or like that, you know, like if it was two pieces or, like, perfectly in the middle. But still, you know, pretty, pretty, um, pretty, you know, unpleasant, gross picture, right? I mean, you have to get dirty in the blood when God promises you something. And then what, look what happened next. He had vultures started coming, and he had to cast off vultures. I mean, I, I don't know much about those birds. All I know is like every time we're, almost every time we're going to Mexico, there's a few of them following us <laughs> down to Navajoa. So they're hoping the bus breaks would die in the heat and they get some food, you know. I'm not kidding. Those birds are persistent. And from, you know, from what I've read is that it's really hard to cast them off. It's like you cast off one, the other one lands on the other side. It's like they always, they're, it's really hard to cast them off. But he had to work on that. So... One thing I want to say is that God sets the stage for the covenant. In our life, it happens very often. God, God gives you a vision, a glimpse, something where you hear him. You don't know exactly what it is yet. But you understand, like, you know, you get a, like a, a, a silhouette of what's going to happen. You get like a, some idea, you know, maybe some picture of, you know, God wants you serving somewhere. You don't even know and don't understand where it is. Maybe you get a continent. Maybe you go a mission. You understand what mission trip you're going to go to. But you don't see it, but God requires a sacrifice almost right away. And you bring your sacrifice, and that was not good enough for God just for you to do a sacrifice, to cut it open, get, get, you know, get into the blood. It says that the, you know, the life is in the blood, right? So when you, when you, you know, like it was a symbol of bringing your life to it. So when you kill those animals, you really brought the life. So you brought, you know, you bring your life, and that almost like not enough. You have to cast off vultures in your life. And you know what those vultures could be? When God gives, you, God gives you a vision, you agree to it, you start bringing your sacrifice, and somebody starts saying, you know what? You don't have to serve God that, you know, you don't have to be that dedicated. That's a little bit fanatic. That's a little bit too much. You know, you don't, you don't have to clean up your vocabulary too much. You, I mean, saying heck is okay. Saying that is okay. Saying this is okay. You really don't have to change how you dress. You really don't have to give tithe, you know. And you know, our church doesn't require tithe, but there's something I know. People that know God, they, they get it, and they, no no one needs to explain to them about tithe. No, nobody needs to argue with them. You know, you know, if you drink just you know some beer, but don't get really drunk, it's okay. Uh, especially if you get drunk in the spirit, you know, it's all fine. And 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 there are those vultures that start coming. I mean, sometimes it could even be your parents. Sometimes it could be you know your loved ones. It could be some and you know. Not, not saying, you know, my wife never done it, to be honest. I mean, she always pushes me to serve God, I'll be honest. But I'm just saying it could be people that are dear to you, you know. It doesn't have to be, you know, it's, it's not, not somebody who you don't care about. It's going to usually be something you know, like your parents going to say, oh, you really, you are a servant too much. You should study more. You should spend more time in the Bible. And, you know, I, I, I think that God is teaching myself and Marina to how to honor our parents and we're growing in that and 
and I, I, I am for honoring your parents, you know, and, but there is a balance, always a balance. You know, I'm not saying, you know, ignore them, disrespect them, absolutely not. But, and there are things that they will just say, or somebody else will say, or, you know, maybe you get together, like, uh, I think Dima was talking about that, right? You agree with somebody, you, look, you feel like you're going hand in hand, four of you, you know, four friends, we're going, to, we're going to Latvia to Bible school, you know, and then somebody just drops out on you. Maybe everyone drops out on you, and then you are not in a company. You are by yourself. You know, you're going to have those vultures come and try to steal away your sacrifice. They're going to come and eat away your sacrifice if there's nothing left. You're going to have to fight for it. Guys, you're going to have to fight for it. I will have to fight for it. It's not easy. Just give me, just making the sacrifice is not enough. It's not enough because you have to, you're going to have to protect it and fulfill your promise. You know, what happens next? Abraham falls asleep. Another thing that happens in our life. Very easy. Very easy. So the devil tries, you know what? I tried to fight him. I tried to steal it from him. I, I tried to con- conquer him. I tried to overtake him. Doesn't work. I'm going to try to lull him in. I'm going to try to put him to sleep. I'm going to give him what he wants, what he wishes, where he can relax. I'm going to give him just the perfect temperature for him to fall asleep. Remember that story about Sisera? Uh, was it the Philistines that they were fighting, that the Israelites were fighting? The, uh, the, the army commander, right? Sisera? Sisera. Sisera. Having an English lesson today. <laughs> but... He was, he was fighting like, I mean, it's a warrior, right? It's crazy fighting. He finds a place to hide, given some warm milk, falls asleep. Think about that. You are in the middle of a war. How can you fall asleep? I mean, you got to be an amazing person to fall asleep. I, I would probably like, you know, it's life and death. What do you mean sleeping? <laughs> like, come on, what kind of you know, warm milk and cover me up? You know, it, it's weird. We laugh at that, you know. And, and then she was killed. He was killed by a woman, right? And she didn't even have to do anything, you know. A peg and a hammer, done. So you know, easy. I mean, mighty warrior. How does that happen? We we'll laugh at that, right? That's funny. But sometimes in our lives, that's what we do. I want to warn you guys. That it's in, and really just, it's from the bottom of my heart. Watch out what you want. I'm like, be really careful what you want because God might, I mean, the devil might just give you that. And I'll tell you this when you want, when your desires are not from God, it's going to come to a, at a point where you're going to be, lo- you know, you're going to be a little bit relaxed, you're going to be chilled, and everything's good and good. You get that desire and, and, and it gets fulfilled. And that takes you away from God for good, sometimes for years, sometimes for life. I've seen it happen multiple times. Uh, Marina and I were talking about it recently. And you know what? We see, we see friends and relatives and, and, and different people get craziest deals in their lives, uh, craziest opportunities. They either get hired at a job where they should never be. They either get paid an amount of money that we could never imagine making or they get, you know, they get some connections that are just like out of, you know, out of this world, you know. It's like, how did you get there? I mean, it's like, how? And then you see them just going deeper and deeper into darkness. And I believe that now, like, I mean, you look at Hollywood, right? There's so many Christians there. 
I mean ex-Christians, former Christians, that I, I honestly, I don't think that all of them, I, I think some of them really loved God. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. But now they're they hate God. They they speak against God. They they find pleasure in opposing God and mocking God. And you know how that happens? That happens exactly that way. They you know somebody had a desire to be famous. Somebody somebody fell for that, yeah. and devil just gave them that. Yeah. You know, for devil it's it's okay. I mean he's gonna try to buy you at the cheapest price he can. Um, you know, like a you know a, you know it's good. Uh, like try to pay uh, less, but you know he's gonna try to see if he can get you with a, a, a small job. He'll get you, get you with a small job if he has to. If you're really on fire for God, but it takes to give you like half a million dollars, trust me, he'll give it to you. And and you know there are times when God does it, when God blesses you, but you can see it. And you know I'll be honest, I I don't have a problem with with Christians being you know having money and being rich, but. As a, you know, as a matter of, you know, like, you know, look at statistics, not a lot of Christians are millionaires, right? And some of them, there are millionaires, they're crazy heads. They, they just get, they take money, they give money, they take money, they give money, almost never sticks with them. There's, there's never, it's never an idol. You know, it's never, it's never the, you know, it's never what they go for. It's never what dictates their life. So, careful what you wish for, careful you know, validate your dreams with God always. So the next thing that happens, he fell asleep, and then I, you know, from maybe he was asleep or maybe he was he uh, he was awake. But then it says, thick and dreadful darkness comes over him. A threat, something that something that scares you, uncertainty. You know, maybe you lost your job in the worst of moments. Maybe. Maybe you needed God right here, right now. You know, you, you just had to have God come through for you, and he doesn't. You know, I'll tell you this. In my life, my life it happened that way. In our, I mean, in our life, it happened that way. And we had situations when we, need, we were like, like, God, like, what is going on? Like, why is it this way? And, and there were times where we felt like God did not, you know, did not, did not follow through, did not take care of us, but only later to realize, you know, we never, you know, I'll admit we have not blamed God, we have not got bitter with God, but there were times where I was like, God, I just, the only emotion, I mean, I have no emotions right now, I have no feelings right now, all I know is that, is that deep inside my heart, I know and I trust and believe you that you know what you're doing and why you're doing this. And you know what? Sometimes there were times when, when a month ago you thought you're gonna die, you w- you wish death, and and then a month later God just turned everything around. So, one thing I want to tell you is that when that happens to you, don't don't panic, don't quit on God. Make a decision to just stick with God to death if that's what it takes. Because maybe you won't be ever put you know put uh, put against a death threat uh, if you give up Christianity or not I mean that's sometimes that's the easy thing when you I'm not saying that you know those Christians that die for Christ but I'm just saying it's so black and white you're like either deny deny Christ or I need, I'm dying for him right it's, it's like binary choice you just yes or no that's it but oftentimes in our lives there are times when we come to a situation and it's just a little compromise. It's just a little bit give up. It's just, just giving a little bit. And those are the hardest situations in life where you feel like 
you're going to do this, and I'm going to give this, and then I'm going to have nothing to live on. Especially, you know, when you're, you know, you have family, when you have kids, you're like, God, what do I do here? Like, give me strength to do what you want me to do. But every time you do it, God comes through in a wonderful, amazing way. And then look, number seven, I wasn't, I wasn't counting them for you, but number seven, Lord predicts slavery, you know, being mistreated, and, and very, very hard times for his descendants. And, and, you know, all these promises, it was so great, right? I get a bunch of kids. Uh, my kids take over the world pretty much as I know it. Um, and can be better, just relax, right? Your future is taken care of. And then you get those, those horrible things that are described to you. And, and God tells him, this is what's going to happen to your descendants. But I will, I will bring them out. Then he gives, him, again, he gives him a promise of deliverance as well. And this is what I was talking about, is that, is that promise of deliverance, when God promises you deliverance, sometimes you have to wait for a long time. Sometimes you, have, you do go through this, you know, being mistreated. You, you go through very hard times. You feel like, you know, you're, in, you know, somebody is just like, like devil has, you know, is, is pushing you down and God doesn't do anything about it. But you just know that there is that promise, that God promised you deliverance at the end. And that's all you live by. And look at that. Abraham did not back out of this, right? I mean, it, it, you know, we know that he stuck with this whole thing no matter how, you know, not very appealing it got at the very end. <clears throat> but then it says when darkness comes. Darkness, it's, you know, it said the sun set, uh, the, sun, uh, the sun went down, and the darkness came. It's usually, uh, you know, usually you can see it as the end. You know, it's, you can view it as when the lights are out, it's almost the game is over. It just hasn't been announced uh, hasn't been announced officially in your life. But when darkness comes, when the sun was set, at that time, the Bible says that at that time, the fire appeared and passed through it, and you know, everyone agrees that they, you know, the fire consumed the sacrifice, and it, you know, it you know, indicated God's, uh, God's acceptance. So only then, it, it happens at the very end, through all of those things, all of those conditions, all of those, do you agree? Yes. Do you, do you, are you going to do this? Do you, are you sure? It's going to be hard. It's going to, you're going to do this. And it's going to be happening, you know, these things are going to be happening in your life. Do you still want it? God's going to make sure, God's going to make sure that you want it before he's going to pour out anointing on you, before he's going to give you grace. He's going to make sure that you really, 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 really want it. But then it gets easier. Um, then God makes the covenant with you. At that time, you know, after all of this, at the very end of this, of this whole process, God makes a covenant with you, and he promises to give you the promised land. So when I say it gets easy, is that you get to do more fighting. You get to do more. You get to fight to death. You get to fight God's battles. But at this time, you're in a covenant with God. You have something. You have a deposit. You have something that... You're, you know, you're no longer that easily stopped. You're no longer that easily turned. You went you know, through something with God. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have problems, but you're going to see problems differently. You're going to see downs different because you remember the highs. You, you know what the highs were. You know what they are, are going to be with God. And you know what? The value of, a, of any covenant, 
is, is only as good as you know, the, uh, the faithfulness of both, both parties. And you, we know that God is faithful. Yeah. It's about us. I mean, what are we going to do on our end? Are we going to stay faithful to death and, and make that covenant really worth, worthwhile and make it meaningful and make it valuable, or are we going to give up? Yeah. The covenant in itself doesn't do anything. I mean, it's, it's a covenant, but it's like the two parties, how faithful are they? Because if you, even if you look at the New Testament, right, Jesus has died for us. He has fulfilled his part. But if we don't do our part, it doesn't do us any good. It doesn't do us any good. And I want to go through a few verses. Um, and I had a whole bunch of examples that I want to go through too, but I wanted to take a little bit more time and pray. Um, and you, you, don't have, you guys don't have to open this up, but you can write it down. Matthew 10, 38. says, He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Luke 14, 26 through 29, Jesus says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wives and children, brothers and sisters, yes, in his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation, is not able to finish it. Luke 14.33, so likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he, all that he has cannot be my disciple. Matthew 7.13.14, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. For there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Philippians 1.29.13. For uh, one twenty-nine through thirty, for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in Him but also to suffer for His sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here is in me. Paul is still talking about a conflict. There's something fighting in him. You know, when I was preparing today, it was like the hardest. I mean, it was like the hardest time for me preparing. I'll be honest. Like there are so many thoughts. Phone calls, text messages. I can I can tell you how many emails and text messages I got. I usually never get them uh, in that many you know that many in one bunch, except when it's a Friday night and when I prepare. <laughs> so, but but it is what it is, and you know just kind of I want to mention the examples that I wanted to go through. But look at Joseph's life. There was a lot of a lot of testing, a lot of in and out. You know, good and bad, good and bad. Uh, Elijah, right? When he made, he made that, he, he, you know, brings, you know, God's presence comes on Mount Carmel and then he runs away. He's afraid about it. He's afraid for his own life. It's like, what? You, you, you can say, you know, I've heard these situations. I've heard people say, you know, when they see Christians that are not super filterish, they say, what kind of Christians are those? What kind of believers are those? But you, I mean, they're the biblical ones, you know? They're the ones that are according to the Bible. Um, Apostle Paul himself, right? You look at the guy. <laughs> That's a perfect example, the most detailed one in the Bible. He goes and he gets killed. He, he travels somewhere, shipwrecks somewhere. They, you know, they break down his, uh, you know, I was, I was reading about it. They say that, you know, they were given him five times, uh, 40, 40 um, do you call them? Lashes without one, right? So, so 39, 40 kills you by the book, 
uh, 30, you know, can kill you too pretty easily, but it's like not to kill you. But, uh, the, you know, Bible scholars say that he, he, he had his, um, his uh, heels that crushed to, to powder multiple times in his life. That was one of the punishments. He still kept going up for God. I'm just, my question is, what does that take? And what does that take? Where am I gonna, going to give up? I mean, is it enough for me not, just not to get healing? You know, there's a spectrum, right? There's, there's trials on one side and, and, and lulling you in with blessings on the other side, blessings, you know, that, that God brings. And, you know, I'm not, I don't want to say, I don't want to turn any, you know, like really true blessings that God brings into our life. But, like, what if you have some dream, you, ne- you, don't, you say, God, I'm going to serve you, but do not touch this dream of mine. Because I know you love me, you're a good God, you want to give me good things, this is a good, good thing for me, I want to have it. When you have areas like that in your life, be very, very careful. That's exactly what devil can use. That's exactly the thing he's actually going to use. I've seen it multiple times. I mean, I have example upon example, and I just don't want any of us to be, to be down that same road. And one verse in conclusion, you know, to answer what does it take? What does it take to follow God? To follow through God, like all the Bible, you know, all the Bible heroes did. In Mark twelve twenty nine through thirty, it says Jesus answered him, "The first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one." So he's saying there is one God. He's our God. The Lord is our God, and He is one. There is no other one. There's not going to be anyone who can, you know. There's no. You know, there's no advisor, there's no teacher, no preacher, no pastor, nobody really who can say, you know, God, yes, I know the Bible says this, but uh, I know for you this is okay in your life and that's fine. Pursue that, you know, keep going, keep following. Um, There's not going to be any other dream or idea that's going to be our God. There's only one God. There's only one Lord and it's Jesus. And And what that means, if there's only one, that means there's nothing else that can override what he wants to do in your life. Verse 30, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. That, to me, it just, you know, includes everything. You know, you have to love him with your time, with your money, with your dreams, with your thoughts, with what you do, with what you don't do, everything. If we, if we don't do it, we're not going to be able to stick with him. If we're not going to give up everything, like Jesus said, you know, if you don't give up everything, your own life, you cannot be my disciple. And that's what I wanted to close with. That's what I wanted to start. I want us to start praying. But the main thing that I want to say today is when we enter that covenant with God, when we enter that relationship, it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us something. It did cost God a lot. He gave his son. And, and he, he, I don't think we even imagine, you know, sometimes we get so upset we don't want to wait in a line long enough. But God waits on us. He waited on us so long sometimes. And he keeps waiting and he keeps forgiving and, and not giving up so often. And, you know, we, we have to do our part. There's... There is no way out of this. We cannot reap the benefits of the covenant without, without fulfilling the covenant. And the benefits come at the very end. Very often it comes at the very end. You know, you think about farmers when they plant something. You know, they, they, they fertilize it. You know, they put, you know, they, they clean it up. They, you know, weed it out. They water it. They wait. They water it. They wait. They, they work hard. 
And, and the fruit comes at the very, 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 very end, right? And you don't have a plant where you just first get the fruit and then you can pay back later, right? It's like, oh, I'll water you, you know, back and I'll water you like 10% more as interest. There's nothing like that. You work, you do all the hard work, at the very end you get it. At the very end you get it. And for us, I want us to start focusing on that, start, start focusing on the end, start focusing on the eternity of, of where... You know, what, what I'm doing right now, this, 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 this something I'm taking on right now for God, in 10 years, what is the fruit of that going to be? What am I going to achieve with that? You know, what I'm doing right now, my reading of the Bible, you know, maybe I do it for, for a year, maybe I do it for a week, maybe I do it for five years, for 10 years. I'm praying all that time. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. But... Just know that the fruit is growing. You know, your sacrifice, it, the darkness hasn't come yet. It didn't, the day is not over yet. And you just hasn't had that fire come upon you and accept your sacrifice. It's going to be accepted. If you, keep, if you keep keeping those, you know, if you keep those vultures away for, you know, for the duration of the day, it's going to be hard. It's going to be, you might fall asleep. You might wake up to, you know, to horror and, and to have these, you know, things facing you, uncertainty and not knowing what you're going to do. But if you keep through with it, at the end you're going to reap. At the end you're going to benefit. At the end you're going to have. And you know, some you know, good things are are always taking time. You know, they're never immediate. You know, they're never instant. They're never. It's usually the fake stuff is instant. It's usually what you get instantly. It's that you know that's the thing that's not going to last for long. You know, that's the thing that doesn't stick for 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 too long. And that's throughout the Bible. But that's how I want to pray. Let's stand up. Let's close our eyes and.